Hello everyone and welcome to Random Encounter episode 192. I am not Greg Dalmich and I am also not John O'Logan, but I am Joe Pidia and I am here because we are doing an episode for Pride Month all about queerness and RPGs. So to start off with, we're going to be doing some introductions and I suppose we should kind of put out uh, all right, Denny's not necessarily like a credentialing, not like I went to <laughs> Oxford or something, which I definitely did not. Um, but uh, I am a uh, trans feminine person. Uh, I use uh, they, them pronouns. And also joining me on this Queertastic podcast, we have Leona McCallum. Hello there. I'm Leona McCallum. I'm a binary trans woman. I use she, her pronouns. Awesome. And Alana Hakes. Hey, everybody. I am a binary bisexual person, and I use she, her pronouns. And Caitlin Argyros. Hello. I am aromantic asexual, and I use she, her pronouns. Awesome. So we kind of have people from kind of across the queer spectrum in uh, a lot of different ways. And we're really excited to have this episode to talk about RPGs and how we've felt about them over the years as it has related to our queerness. So to first just kind of put things forward, when we're talking about queer in this episode, we are specifically talking about sexualities and genders that do not fit the typical um, heterosexual or um, cisgender uh, kind of things that we've been socialized to always uh, be. Yeah, it's like a, a word a word we've reclaimed, basically. Yes. 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 Because I, I think for, for many people before us and for ourselves, we've been called this word and it's not great, but we're we're taking it back, baby. Yeah, <laughs> especially the way we use it to that today in like the the queer community. I think I definitely feel more a, a more relatableness. It's some sort of like easier grouping than LGBTQIA plus, and it's just it's easier to say, and it's and it's definitely more like it feels like it doesn't erase certain parts of your identity. So I, when I was a game living as a gay man. It was obviously a big part of my identity at the time, and then when I learned, that, you know, I I found, I figured out I was a trans woman, and then I I I didn't feel comfortable calling myself straight all of a sudden. You know, I'd been a gay person for so long, I can't just be straight now. <laughs> so queer was a lovely word to use to describe how I felt inside about my own identity. So yeah, I definitely am a a big advocate for using queer in this context. Yeah, I agree. And it's uh for me it's often simpler just to say I'm queer than to bring out the whole ROA stuff cuz not a lot of people, you know, straight people may not even really have heard about aromantics and asexuals, may not know what they are and mm-hmm. it just is simpler mm-hmm. to say I'm queer. You know? <laughs> Get used and if to people want to know more at that point, then I can, you know, explain and we can have a conversation, but a lot of times it's just easier to say queer. Exactly. Yeah, especially like with uh, <laughs> with like fam- family members or people yeah. like outside of it, where they're like, they're they're kind of giving you the what are you? 
and it's like why, why are you not yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's like and it's like look we don't like i don't really want to i don't really want to go through this and like we'll, we'll just we'll just leave it a queer okay and you can <laughs> google that and figure it out and if you want to have a more in-depth conversation you can be a bit more respectful about it yeah and respectful is something that i think uh rpgs sometimes struggle with (laughs) in terms of representation you know not to you know not to be too hard on them (laughs) oh it's hard not to be hard on them (laughs) (laughs) so to kind of start off this i wanted to give a brief history that's um that I've kind of cobbled together of uh, queer characters and RPGs. Um, this is by no, no means an exhaustive list at all. And it's also possibly got some issues as to um, a lot of these are um, notable characters in notable games. And so those are both kind of vague terms, which you know are up for debate and such. So, um, right. So, you might uh, kind of disagree with it, or you might have something that I completely missed. Um, but the first thing that I found of a respectfully done queer character in an RPG was actually Tony in Earthbound from 1994. At least from mm. what I've scoured, um, there is a letter that uh, Tony writes to uh, Jeff, aka Rocket Boy. <laughs> in Earthbound <laughs> and um, it kind of states his affection um, and kind of queer love for um, for Jeff and when Shigesato Itoi was asked about it he said there's a gay person and mother too a really passionate friend who lives in an England-like place I designed him to be a gay child in a normal real-life society there are gay children and I have many gay friends as well so I thought it'd be nice to add one in the game too. Oh, that's nice. That yeah. is so sweet. I like right? that. Right? I and I remember, you know, when I was playing through the game, I was like, "Oh, this is sweet," but you know, they're probably going to try to say like, "Oh, it's just a very close friendship." But right. it's nice <laughs> to hear Sugasato Itoi saying, "No, Gal this." Pals. Yeah, like like this character, <laughs> this character is gay, and I wanted them to be a positive portrayal of a gay child because kids know that sometimes, like they, right? You know, when I think for us, when when we were younger, you know, we don't always have the vocabulary with which to say like how we feel about someone or how we feel about ourselves, but oh, yeah. um, we yeah. but we definitely <laughs> have that um, feeling that this like there's something different. Right. Quote unquote. Yeah. I think we can all relate with that in some way, just like not having the words to express our queerness. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And I think with the Earthbound um, example in particular, it's probably something that I pick up on a bit. Like, even if you were to infer it from just that letter, mm-hmm. it's pretty subtle. It's pretty natural in that game. And I think that's something that even games that do do representation 
they really struggle with doing it like it's natural like a lot of the time they have to make some big proclamation and put it out there and it's like you don't need to do that all the time like i like i'd like it to be part of the world and as if it's ingrained and natural not that it's just like two or three characters and you know or that that is their character you know yeah exactly they're gay (laughs) or bi yeah you know things like that Mm-hmm. Yeah, and kind of the next one that I came across, which is questionable, would be Chrono Trigger with Flea. Um, oh right. yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. This the the character says, "Male, female, what does it matter? Power is beautiful, and I've got the power." <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's something definitely. It's, it's yeah, it's something. But like with with a lot of these things, as mm-hmm. um. With a lot of these things, it's like, uh, it's possible, but mm-hmm. um, but it isn't explicitly stated. It's a common thing I find in Japanese RPGs where it, rather than be prideful about what they are, they're dismissive about what they what they don't care about. Male, female, I don't care. It doesn't mm. matter. You know, it's like uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake has this a similar thing and. Uh, in the wall market scene where uh, Andrea says love surpasses all boundaries you know it's across the gender divide sort of thing it's never like it's okay to be gay it's okay to love that it's like like these things don't matter sort of things all the time and I think sometimes it's nice to hear you know what it does matter sometimes you know that being gay is like it's like a thing (laughs) you can just be that As I'm kind of looking at this list I have, I feel like probably a lot of these are going to come up um, as we just kind of naturally go through it. So I think we can kind of we can talk more about our mm-hmm. own experiences and first experiences with queerness in games and media, yeah. and then just kind of if there are other things that we uh, that we missed or um, or want to talk about, we can add those in. Um, we come across queerness at different times in our life and some points we don't even fully recognize that oh this is a representation of queerness in media so Mm -hmm. um so caitlin what would be like first experience with queerness in games or queer media that you think of uh well i actually i went through using google to try and uh get myself a, a list of uh uh, games because I, I, it's kind of hard when you think about like all the games you've played over <laughs> you know 30 <laughs> plus years and whatnot like right. um i know that kind of like the first game uh, or game series where i where it was presented in a way that i was you know like i recognized it because you know that's the other thing is like some of these games that i have on my list i played them when i was so young that i, I didn't really pick up on it back then mm-hmm. um Especially because, you know, I spent most of my life assuming I was straight until I, you know, relatively recently kind of realized that, nope, that's not it. (laughs) Um, But I think uh, uh, Mass Effect really kind of stands out as uh, one of the first game series where, you know, not only that you had queer characters, but that you could play, you could role play as one if you wanted to, Um, although they... They didn't necessarily start off the best way with that. They got better over the course of the series um, with giving more options with characters that are not just like player sexual, but are actual uh, queer characters in, in their own right. 
Um, and similarly, the Dragon Age games also kind of, uh, uh, from, even from the very beginning with, like, say, you know, Zeverin being bisexual and the Warden being able to engage in, you know, whatever kind of relationship they wanted. Um, kind of, you know, that was, when I think back, that's the kind of the first experience I can remember where I, I, I recognized that there were queer characters and that I could be queer if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, it's, I don't know, it's kind of an interesting experience because I came out two years ago and it's part of my coming out and realizing that I was queer was sort of like going back over the course of my life and re-evaluating all of these experiences I had that mm-hmm. I, at the time, had just brushed off as like, oh, well, you know, I'm just not into it or, you know, yeah. whatever. Um, and realizing that, no, it's not about not being into it. It's just that I never really felt the attraction to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's kind of similar going back over my gaming history and trying to evaluate characters that maybe when I played the game originally, I didn't necessarily uh, you know, see them that way because my world context at the time was still very much uh, you know, heterosexual focused. So I was still kind of ingrained to to view characters from that lens and it was harder for me to see queer characters um you know even if you know not that they weren't like obviously queer but that it was just harder for me from that lens to see them and now i think uh, i'm older i have more experience in general but also the experience of of uh of realizing that i'm queer and coming out has helped me to have a more critical lens and and, and see characters uh, that aren't even characters that aren't necessarily like super obvious. Like this character is obviously designed or meant <laughs> or explicitly stated to be queer. Um, I haven't played Outer Worlds yet, but that was one of the games on my list because Parvati Ooh. is very clearly asexual in that game. Oh, excellent! Um, and I want to play it, especially so I can meet her and, and get to know her. Um, but I just haven't had time yet because my backlog is so huge. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. I I was kind of interested in the Outer Worlds, but then when I saw that um, that Parvati, you know, is an asexual character who is also he. I believe she's asexual and biromantic, um, and she was also written by um, like by an asexual woman as well and so it's Mm -hmm. like um so it's like oh wow (laughs) a character of an identity that's actually written by someone from that background what a novel concept (laughs) right (laughs) i wish it wasn't a novel concept but it kind of is and i relate to your experience as well um i'm not a terribly um sexual person and if i were to put a word to it i would um, I usually describe it as gray ace, but, um, you know, in a lot of games, um, where like, if there are options for games to like be sexual or not, I'm like, no, thank you. Like it's, and I appreciate when at least that option is open because a lot of times in a lot of those scenes, uh, I get kind of uncomfortable with it. Cause that's just, mm. yeah, this is not where I'm at. 
I like I like the the romance. I mean, and, and, and maybe it sounds weird. I mean, romantic. I like I like romance and fiction. It's mm-hmm. just kind of like a vicarious thing for me that I because I don't really feel it in real life, but mm-hmm. I can, I can I can like it in fiction. Uh, mm-hmm. So I like I like the romance. I like them getting together. I can even like you know like uh, hugging, you know, kissing stuff like that. But I usually kind of like peace out when it comes to any sort of sex scene oh, in, the, right, in the games yeah. it's just partly yeah. because you know we still have not really in games i think a lot of games don't really do sex scenes respectfully or they're all like, very you know, male gazy yeah. still yeah mm-hmm. um but also just like you know okay fine i, I don't really need to see it like i kind of i can assume that the characters assuming that they are mm-hmm. uh you know interested in sex do it at some point, but you don't <laughs> right. need to show me. Like I'm, I'm much more invested in the relationship than I am in the physical activity part of it. Yeah, but did they do it? Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is why it's actually it was kind of nice to see. Like, um, I think it may have just been Mass Effect Three that did this, but Laura, you had the option with your love interest, like the last scene before the end of the game. You could choose to engage in sexy times with him, but you could also just say, "I don't want to. I just want to be with you." And I thought that was kind of oh, that's nice. Good touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh wow, yeah, I didn't know that. I take that. So, Alana, what was your first experience with queerness in games or queer media like? Oh my gosh, um, <laughs> I've really, really struggled to think of this because. <laughs> I mean, most early experiences were always negative. Like, mm-hmm. it took me a long time to find a single character that I could really pinpoint down to, and I like a similar sort of identity. Mm-hmm. But like, even growing up and playing Japanese RPGs, majoritively, like all the queer representation you get tends to be overblown or extremely tropey. And like, <laughs> one of the first instances I ever remember. I don't know if anyone's actually played this. This is a very early FromSoft game. Uh, it's called Enchanted Arms, and it's an Xbox 360 <laughs> RPG. It's so bad. Yeah, I'm so glad somebody knows who I'm talking about. It's so so bad. There's, there is a male gay character called Makoto, who is, you think of every single stereotype to do with a male gay character, and. It is that basically, and that's and I remember being very frustrated, but like I couldn't pinpoint why I was so annoyed because basically I I played about five hours of this game. It's not a good game anyway, but like I <laughs> Makoto lusts over the, the protagonist, and you know when you get like the really uncomfortable scenes where you know the one character who is the same gender or, or mm. identifies as the same gender as another character flirts with them, and the other character's just like oh. No, I'm not in that way. No, yeah. like really mm-hmm. kind of just pushing it away. Panic. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was exactly what it was. And like, I was just kind of horrified that this was the representation that I was presented with. And I, it took me a long, long time. And like, I know Persona 4 will come up in future in a negative mm. oh, way, yeah. in a positive oh, yeah. oh, way. Yeah. But <laughs> Persona you, you bet 4. It well. <laughs> oh, yeah. And like, this is me, like, not because I'm not condoning or not like. Or, you know. Oh, of course. But Kanji is... Mm-hmm. Kanji was kind of the first character where I suddenly thought, oh my god, because, like, I am I was mostly a tomboy growing up, and I I knew I was at least... I knew I was bi when I was about 17, 18, or I knew I was different from earlier. It wasn't really until, like, 18 or 19 where I 
began to figure out that like oh no actually you know you can love people who identify as male and people who identify as female you can love Mm -hmm. both of those it's not a oh you can have a oh you can just love men sometimes and women other times or something right that's how it's always been presented to me in media that's how i interpreted it but when you no, find it... a good man you'll settle down <laughs> those feelings oh, are God, I hate that. people still do that now and i'm just like oh, okay yeah sure um but yeah like i can't do not a brilliant example but it was like one of the first examples where it was it's pretty like plainly written down mm-hmm. like oh kanji thinks he loves another character who he, yeah. he thinks is male and then he's <laughs> finds out they're female and still likes them but it's mm-hmm. very complicated and very poorly written which yeah. i'm sure we'll get to <laughs> yeah um but like even boiling it down to really simple things like oh you know kanji's appearance is pretty again stereotypically male he's you know he, a mm-hmm. delinquent and wears black he's got you know it's all very much male um but he likes sewing and likes doing craft work and like even at like 21 like spelling it out to me that obviously and that like simplistically i was just like oh hang on a minute you can kind of have both worlds and <laughs> like in the future i've like taken from it positively but looked back on it and gone well that's really kind of simplistic and we'll get to all the other problems later mm. but like going through things in a similar way to caitlin like i looked back at all the times where like all my life and went oh my god like no you weren't just having a girl crush you were you know <laughs> you genuinely had some kind of affection for someone who identified as the same gender as you and used the same pronouns and stuff so it's mm-hmm. like you know even i'm glad i've been able to take away from that kanji in particular but like it's definitely evolved from there and like even now it's really hard to find a bisexual character who doesn't lust after everybody that's my favorite thing about them not i, I was gonna bring yeah. up the the, tra- the trails by characters and just like yes. as, the, oh, yes. as the worst examples of this sort of by people or just are so sexually driven and just want everyone all the time and it's like yeah it's so frustrating (laughs) it's so bad because it's like it's i'm so torn because at least i'm on the one hand it's like okay olivier is bi uh angelica angelica is is lesbian and i'm grateful in that sense that they even thought to have characters like that but then they use them as you know the whole gay panic joke and the Mm -hmm. whole predatory Mm -hmm. gay joke and i'm just like can can we not (laughs) yeah especially when they go after like underage looking people or stuff like that yeah Yeah. please no (laughs) yeah she and that's like it doesn't need to be like like Jellica, she is really cool and I like her as a person and her relationship with her dad and her friendship mm-hmm. with uh her classmate. She doesn't you don't need to throw the whole, you know, oh I'm gonna lust and, and you know right. possibly sexually assault every girl I, I, I come across, mm-hmm. you know, for laughs. She doesn't need any of that. Right. She's cool and interesting and fun on her own. Yeah. Um, I think as well, like, another thing I've noticed recently with, um, I don't want to talk about The Last of Us Part 2, but some conversations going around it, obviously, like, Ellie is a lesbian, but Mm -hmm. her partner is bisexual, I believe, Dina. Yeah, yeah. A lot of discussion that you see around of it is like, oh, they're both lesbians kind of thing. There's (laughs) bi-erasure there as well. And it's like, I will be really honest, I don't feel as 
close to the LGBTQ plus community or the queer community because mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, if you're immediately with someone who's the same gender, you're a lesbian, or if you're oh, yeah. with someone, you know, or if you're with someone of the opposite gender, you are heterosexual. And like, that's not how it works. And oh, like, absolutely. Even not. media, yeah, even yeah. media does it. It's, mm-hmm. and, and I've always noticed that there's, uh, especially on bisexuality and pansexuality, there's this um sort of there's this sort of like trope that things go back to where it's like oh if you say you're a bisexual man um you're actually just a gay man who doesn't want to admit it and then if you're a and then if you're a bisexual woman you're just a straight woman who like who just wants like mess around or something like that and it's like it is interesting how both of those imply that the person is only into men it's like wow how did that Mm -hmm. come about you know and it it is totally patriarchal and it's something that i've heard so much like the thing that stuck with me was when i was growing up i heard the term greedy bisexuals being used all the time yeah and and then that was like okay I was like, okay, I guess I'm never going to talk about my sex, like how I feel about other people or how I experience attraction. Like, mm-hmm. so it, it's yeah. I mean, when that trope is pushed, I think it really um, hurts and erases people um, from being seen as uh, fully within their identities and such. So. Yeah, um, the only game I've ever played where I've ever found a pretty good representation of a bisexual character is Time Spinner, which I reviewed a couple of years ago and I bring up quite a lot. Um, <laughs> there's a whole range of queer characters in those games from trans um, to gay to lesbian to bisexual um, to even polyamory and things like that. Like It's all pretty normal and ingrained in that world. And I think the reason that I gelled with it so much is because it's just so normal like mm-hmm. nobody needs to shout from the rooftops and be like Ooh, yeah i did this or i'm this and that's great like i'm not i don't want to like come across as rude to anybody yeah. um but like it, it always seems you know i just want it to be part of the world like normal like it should be that's how i want it to be and a lot of the times it's not because either you know it's one part's being erased or you know mm-hmm. it's I, I don't know it's it's complicated but yeah, like I'm still trying to find better representation all the time. And a lot of the time, again, growing up playing Japanese RPGs, you tend to get into things like shipping and things like that. And, <laughs> and that's a whole other wheelhouse. So you're just trying to, you're trying to create like good examples in your head, but then, you know, it's not canon. The can- canonity of it is important, I think. I think so. It's, so, it's always nice when it's canon because then you feel oh, like... Definitely. It's got a legitimacy to it, even though it's weird to say because we know we're legitimate, but it's like just have that like no nerd on the internet can take that away from us kind of thing by saying, yeah. Yeah. you know, they're not actually they're this or that. Just to have a hard line saying this person is queer means so much sometimes. <laughs> it does. Uh, so, Leona, what was kind of uh, an early experience with queerness in games or queer media that you mm-hmm. had that you were thinking of? I've talked this before in like other, maybe other podcasts, but um, I always talk about how I used to play the wall market scene in Final Fantasy VII, the original, over and over, and I never really knew why. And it was because, uh-huh. obviously, the famous cloud cross-dressing scene, right? And it always interests me, the gender, the gender sort of crossing over, and the whole atmosphere of wall market, and that game is kind of not negative and everything I had ever heard about cross-dressing and trans people was negative in my life everything you know and that game people are like 
even like the person who makes the dresses for Cloud is kind of like, oh, this is a new thing for me. I love it. I found a new lease of life. And I'm like, oh, look, something positive came out of someone, I like, you know, sort of dressing up or being a sort of different gender and breaking the gender conformity. So I, that always stuck in my mind. But I never knew I was trans at the time. I just knew this is so appealing to me. I'm seven years old. Why this? I just keep wanting to play this part of the game over and over. Um, but yeah, that always stuck up to my mind, and uh, I struggled to find think of anything beyond that. Especially as a trans person, you know, it just doesn't happen yeah. uh, in JRPGs because that's my main sort of shtick. I like JRPGs, um, and I'm not much of a Western RPG gamer. Where I think the Western RPGs are more progressive in this regard um, than JRPGs are. Uh, but, you know, there's also, like, Jun in Persona 2, who is a gay character, like, defined gay is, like, gay. It's gay. And you can have a romance with the main protagonist, the t- Tatsuya. It's an interesting how it gets brought up in Persona 2. Persona 2, you get an option to date four characters. two The two girls and the two boys... Uh, but one of the boys is straight, so that's just like a joke option sort of thing. But like one's gay, and then it can actually happen. So I guess you could say the main character is canonically bi, June is canonically gay. So I, I think that's something to be said. And I think it's funny that Atlas has kind of gone backwards on the LGBT <laughs> right. support. They've... It feels like they go a step further back every uh, game. Every game. <laughs> it's crazy. They're, they're, they're regressing, and it's quite bizarre that to even think about a game coming out in the 90s being more progressive on these social issues than a game in 2020. That's insane to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think we'll definitely give... Um, <laughs> we'll give Atlas uh, their time. We'll say time for now. <laughs> yeah. um, the Atlas <laughs> hour. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think, I think, I think Leona has the, some further the thoughts. The Atlas ass-whooping is coming up. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You've seen the you've seen the you know the midnight hour in Persona Three. This is the ass whooping hour. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, as uh, as for me with um, with kind of queerness in games. So as some people might know, I came mostly to RPGs pretty late, as in like just in the past few years, mm-hmm. um, and I spent a lot of my young gaming uh, childhood and such. Uh, playing either Pokemon or sports games. Um, wow. So, sports, yeah. how dare you? I know, right? <laughs> I've played... Leona, how many hours I've put into MLB The Show, you, like... You don't. You don't want to know. I don't know what it is, and I don't want to know myself. <laughs> On um, my good Christian podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, the first, like, queer character I remember seeing in a game was when I played the first last of us game when i was like uh 18 almost 19 years old um and there was the character i believe his name is bill um who's Mm -hmm. kind of with joel and ellie for a bit um and it's like it's a very it's a very simple like portrayal of a uh queer character he's a um he has a uh, a male partner who, uh, spoiler, they uh, end up finding his body, and it's 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 not a it's not a pretty scene. Um, 
and you know there isn't that is a bleak game for the most part and it doesn't have you know much joy in it but when i saw that i was like oh here's uh, a character who um like they didn't mention anything about this character saying like hello i am bill i am gay um Mm -hmm. he just says you know that's my partner there uh he's the only he's the only one who would wear a shirt that ridiculous or something like that Mm -hmm. and um and that was just a that was a a very human moment for me um because at that time i was still um i wasn't out about um i wasn't out about being queer like i had basically been suppressing things and just like seeing that character um even though it was not in a moment of joy um but it was just human and it wasn't played up it was just there um was meaningful to me in some in some way um and then of course like i would come across other characters as time went on and as i played more games that weren't uh i don't know football (laughs) essentially (laughs) um and but that that's kind of one that's always stuck out in my mind i've seen better Mm -hmm. ones but that's but you always remember kind of the first if it's if it came kind of later in your life so as we've talked about with these experiences we had we've had a number of experiences with um with queer characters and queer representation in games um, and I kind of wanted us for for us to dive a bit deeper into those. Um, and because <laughs> because we had mentioned it, uh, Leona, you want to talk a bit about Atlas? <laughs> <laughs> I sure do. <laughs> so uh, what, yeah. what's what's up with Atlas? So the thing, well, as I said, I've touched on it, is how it's like they're sort of regressing from this sort of progressive view that they had, and I think they had a writer change. I think. The people who did Persona 2 and stuff, I think they're all gone. I think it's a new team brought in since Persona 3. But frustratingly, as a queer person, and it didn't bother me so much when I first played them because the, 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 you know, we're so much more aware of things these days, I think. And like compared to 10 years ago, I think we've all got a more sort of a critical eye when it comes to like social issues and our and our games and stuff. So when I first played like Persona Four, I loved Kanji. Hell yeah, you know, ooh, pride. Um, and I didn't, you know, I knew he wasn't exactly like I knew he wasn't gay, but it's like it's sort of I was okay with the sort of representation at the time as the sort of gay, a gay-ish character that we could kind of latch onto, kind of. And I think that was a common sort of feeling about Persona 2 at the time. Like, it was kind of progressive, you know? It was kind of kind of good for gay gay rights and gay people in, in gaming and stuff. And it isn't until I look back at it and I replay it and it's like, oh, it's really not. <laughs> it's really, really not. <laughs> no. Uh, especially Kanji's character. And I would say even more so Naruto as a trans character. So I have, I have two feelings. Like, where Kanji... They kind of both do the same thing. They kind of pretend, like they kind of use queer iconography, queer sort of coding, and their shadows dungeons. Um, but at the end of the day, they're always not that. So Kanji, as a, it takes place in the bathhouse, it's very gay men, hypersexualized, and you think, oh, this mm. character's gay. 
but no, he just likes to sew. He like it's really it's really all a metaphor for how he's got a feminine inside. And it's like, all right, okay. And all all the while you you know, you've got all these homophobic jokes coming from Yosuke and stuff like that and you think, Oh well, yeah. if they've got a gay character, they're gonna address that. They're gonna say, Well, clearly gay people aren't like that because look at Kanji, but he's not even gay, so you kinda you lose that sort of um opportunity to address these homophobic jokes. So what they end up just being is homophobic jokes just straight up. And mm-hmm. With Naoto's character, you have the the trans issue where she's it seems like she, um, she's a trans male um, and wants to transition and live her life as a male. You know, she says things flatly. I wish I was born as a boy. I wish I could have surgery to change my body. I wish, you know, I wish I was, you know, all these things. But really, it's more about sexism in the workplace. And I'm like. There's sexism in the workplace, absolutely, but cis people don't think this way about their bodies. That just doesn't, it's not a thing where they're like, I'm gonna get surgery and look like a male so I'm more respected in the office. That's that's trans thinking, and they kind of rob us of that in the yeah. end. And um, it always disappoints me upon replaying about how they use our language and our, and our visuals to, to not, to, they, they steal it and they use it for a totally different purpose but, and they never like address it and I always find yeah. it very frustrating I uh I read about this recently and I wasn't even aware of it when I was playing P4 but mm. apparently Yosuke was originally supposed to be a dating option yes. and they cut it it would make honestly so much more sense if they had left yeah. it yeah like it would explain a lot and it would honestly I think really help the character arc to be to you know to to fit more if that's you know what's going on. But they just said they just cut it and and you know he's just he's just a it's just a homophobe. Uh, yeah. he's, he's just a homophobe. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's also so... like really creepy to women. So like yeah, <laughs> it's the worst of all worlds <laughs> by getting rid of all the queerness in their story and taking it all out of every character. Everyone's left worse for it. They're, they're, they're just, their arcs are not as good. I mean, you're left with actually reductive thinking with things like Naoto's character now where you've got the main character to tell her to speak in a higher pitch voice. I'm like, if you told me to spe- speak in a higher pitch voice, I'd slap the hell out of you. you know? <laughs> me too. <laughs> like, who the hell are you, protagonist, to tell me to speak a certain way? And, you know, the whole thing where, like, she, as she gets, you know, as, you know, she gets more like confident or whatever. She lets her big bazongas out. It's mm-hmm. just like, oh come mm-hmm. on! I've not like, gotten that far in the game. What? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. It's, it's it's bad. It's bad. Like it's a it's a golden thing. They sort of like they show like her, you know, and she's wearing like a really low cut shirt, and you can you know she's letting her boobs out. She's not buying them anymore, and it's supposed to be like a good thing. And I'm like, oh, but it's. It feels so wrong for her. I don't know. I just really feel like she was a trans male character and she was just like kind of robbed of it. I really do feel that way about that character. Anyway, that's my rant. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree with you on that. And it's also just you know, like they um, they give now to like a femme swimsuit and stuff. And yeah. you see that, I think, in the game and in Persona 4 Dancing All Night as well. And yeah... yeah. I, I, you know this this one's kind of just quite fresh in my mind because I've just finished uh, uh, the dungeon uh, for Naruto last night, and uh, you know it's 
it's disappointing it's disappointing to see that because as you said they're just kind of using our language um where Mm -hmm. like it's it's really it's really uncomfortable to have that and to have to be um kind of um shutting down this person's exploration of their gender as the protagonist in the game and also yes. as a love interest yeah. like yeah like to, to, uh, to make me role play as a transphobe how dare you <laughs> to make me play as a gender <laughs> essentialist oh my god uh, <laughs> Atlas? The, the nerve i think Which, the worst ca- i think the worst case in persona 4 is like nalto says something it's like oh i wish i was born as a boy and rather than going that's okay i'm happy for you they are I like you as a girl, and it's like, oh no, that's like, you would never say that to a, like a blossoming like sort of trans person. Oh no, our choice, it's that yeah. person's choice, right? Exactly, it doesn't matter what you like. Yeah, <laughs> and and I think some people were more willing to like give Atlas the benefit of the doubt with that, or yes. on like original release. But then, if anyone else has played Catherine, <laughs> uh, it's like. No, I don't think we should. <laughs> no, absolutely no. not. Catherine is is bad. Catherine mm-hmm. is is real. It's real, <laughs> real bloody touchy. <laughs> Swore <Yeah>. that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So in Catherine, there's a character called Erica, and she's a trans woman. And you think, oh, cool, a trans woman, but they do everything possible to deny her womanhood in that game and it's gross so the plot of Catherine is you know there's a like all men go to this dream world at night and like they have to like survive or whatever solve block puzzles whatever um uh and erica's there erica's there because she's a man huh Mm. you get it she may change as much as she wants she'll always be a man and that's a horrible message to have in your game and then to top it all off, at the end, her credit is her dead name. Yeah. Oh, my what? heart. I didn't know that I've never part. actually played Catherine, oh. but now, now oh, I don't my, want to. I played yeah. through that. Oh, God. I played through that game uh, when when I still identified as a cisgender straight man. I was like, you know, this is some, <laughs> says some pretty good things about, I don't know, relationships and stuff. And, you know, at yeah. the time... And, uh, and at the time, I was like in a relationship, and I was like, "Yeah, this all makes sense." And then, mm-hmm. like, oh no, like, and <laughs> and they made it even worse with Catherine full body. If if y'all saw yes. what happened with that, like, yes. yeah. So it, for um, for those who haven't seen it, they somehow made this 2019 game, this 2019 <laughs> remaster of a 2011 game, even more transphobic because they made like a separate timeline where um everyone's in like their ideal spot in life and uh and erica has um erica has not uh gone through with uh social or um or like uh, medicinally assisted uh transition Mm -hmm. and that's supposed to be her best future <laughs> like yeah because she yeah. solved her problem Woo! Hooray. she got over that trans thing poppycock <laughs> like it, i think even in it she still is like she still mentions something about wanting to transition and so it's like then why is this the ideal future like, yeah what? 
Mm-hmm. I ah. don't know what they have against that character, but it truly feels like whenever they had the opportunity, twist that knife. Just just twist it. Because <laughs> they've also introduced like a it's like a, a third character, is it Ren? I've not played this game yes. after Catherine, I obviously didn't play it, but she plays <laughs> very heavily on what the internet likes to call a trap stereotypes. <sighs> and this is a deceptive trans woman who's out to you know get seduce you and then at the last minute lift up her skirt and reveal a big old dong and <laughs> it's so hurtful and harmful that we're having this in a game again even though and i know someone's going to email me it's like oh she's an alien or whatever and i don't care what's <laughs> well, even worse isn't it like the fact that the only representation that you might even get is not human like mm-hmm. it's as good or poor as it is like no it's an alien like that's worse <laughs> you know some somewhere someone's got their fingers on the keyboard ready to tell me off oh yeah <laughs> oh, God. exactly but yeah atlas they do not get the they do not get the queer stamp of approval from this panel <laughs> um so alana uh what's kind of what's kind of a an experience with queerness in games that uh you wanted to focus on um so i want to talk about something i think leona and caitlin were on a podcast with me about this at the beginning of the year Ooh. and it's a relatively recent game um ai the somnium files and i think <gasps> oh. yes. ai yes. is actually relatively good at queer representation uh-huh. and there are two characters or three characters i suppose in particular um one is mama who owns a bar and she is a trans woman, I believe. Is that I, correct, please? I think so. It's hard. It's hard to yeah. say. I'd, I'd say she's yeah. a trans woman. It's like Persona Five has a like eventually the identical same character <laughs> in Persona Five, and it's like I think she's a drag queen, but it's like virtually the same as what AI Somnia Files shows as a as a trans woman. So I'm never quite sure because it's never yeah. they never explicitly state these things. No, I still think she's better handled than anything in Persona 5, definitely. She's a much more nice and interesting character, and none of the characters are questioning her or anything like that. But I suppose the other relationship... Oh my goodness, I have forgotten their names, but there are two characters in this game. Um, One of them is the father of Mizuki, who is the little girl that your character is looking after. And the other one is a scientist at the uh, police department you work for. Mm -hmm. And you very late on in the game, and it's never like specifically worded or spelled out or anything like that. It's mentioned in passing in conversation. Like you find a watch at one of the scenes and Mm. you show it to uh, one of the characters and they go, oh, that's the watch I bought my partner or something like that. Mm. And it's in that moment that you can kind of realize that, oh, you know, one character is bisexual and the other one is gay kind of thing. And it's like, it's not, again, like the bisexual character was married to a female, a woman, and um, they split up. But it's never inferred that they split up because, you know, that's another thing, isn't it? Like in media, like oh, yeah, people split because up because... Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's never, like, explained or inferred that that is the case. So, like, it's not incredible. It's just small things like that. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Again, it's just, like, the little subtle hints and things like that. Like, no one's reprimanded for 
any of it. And yeah. I just had another one come into my head while I was talking, but it's completely gone. So, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> the thing is, yeah. No, the thing is, is like, and I hate this because like I always find things so. And Caitlin brought up trails because I'm playing through the series at the moment, and I always focus on all the negatives because I never have, I can never find like the really good like representation of the really right. good media and things like that and it's like oh and the ones that i do things like you know stardew valley it's like you can be you can be in a straight or a same-sex relationship and mm-hmm. you know it's all optional it's all like oh you can do this or that and i i i try and find stuff and Actually, I reviewed a game very recently called If Found um, by Dreamfeel. Um, it's an Irish mm-hmm. studio. Um, this is kind of a visual novel about um, a woman who comes back to Ireland. And like, this is not my story to tell because um, this is a story about a trans woman who comes home at Christmas to see mm-hmm. her mom and her brother. And at no point does the game dead name her. Huh? D- no point does the game... Like, See, Atlas, it's, never... it's not that hard. Yeah, no. <laughs> but, like, not only that, like, it's never... It's never like, oh, you used to be a man. It was, it's, uh-huh. you know, they never refer to her previous gender or her previous identity. It's just... Just this is her trying to find her way. And, like, obviously yeah. it's about her trying to come to terms with her family and things mm-hmm. like that. But, like, the argument is never... I don't know, it's never like, oh, you were better when you were a man or things like that. (laughs) Or, you know, it's never... There is one conversation where the mother is like, oh, when are you going to grow out of this phase kind of thing? But like, That's contextual, you know. know? It's like, it makes sense for that character to say that. Yeah, and I think as well, I've had that discussion Mm -hmm. with my family before. Like, oh, when are you going to grow out of girls? You know, it was just a phase you like it. Girls like, nah, it's not. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry about that. Um, But, like, if found, you've got, like, the family who, they're not pushing against it, but they want Casio to be comfortable and they want her to have a life and they don't see that life in that identity that she Mm -hmm. feels that she is. And she's Mm -hmm. got, on the flip side, she's got all her friends who she's made homeless and they accept her for who she is there's no like they just say oh you look different you look nice there's no why are you dressing like that why are you wearing a dress why do you have long hair kind of thing it's never singled out anything like this you know they never pick up on the stereotypically Mm -hmm. female things and it's really really beautifully well done i think that's you know i think you kind of sold me on giving both of those games a shot Mm, (laughs) because yeah those that's really those both sound pretty great um oh yeah the ai somnium files is so good as but also the only instance of like a japanese game that i've played where like there's a full dead-on conversation about how fabulous the lgbt community is like specifically calling out lgbt no no yeah the child character mizuki just like she's at the she's at the bar which mama owns which is like a it's a gay bar uh, like a casual one not like a club or anything uh and uh she, she uh, she's asked if she's scared of mama and then she's like no i respect her I, I i lgbt people go through so much and like that sort of thing and it was like oh my god i've never 
I've never seen yeah. this. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot to bring that up. Yeah, because that wow. was such a big thing. And yeah. I remember, like, obviously, people on the internet got upset about it and were like, oh, you localized it like this. Uh-huh. I know it's in the original Japanese script as well, kids. Yeah, so, the, the, the writer is on Twitter. He speaks English and he's bloody great. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's a yeah. great guy. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh my mm-hmm. god, that makes me really happy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the power of like just being like having representation in media. It's like as queer yeah. people and like if you're another race and you see characters of your race in the game and you feel like, oh, I I didn't realize I'd been going without this for so long, but mm-hmm. I am and it's it's yeah. nice to have. And it was it was great especially because it was Mizuki because uh, I mean, I forget how old she is, but she's she's a kid. Yeah, you know, she's like a, thirteen, I think, or fourteen. Or yeah, like and yeah. like not only is she, you know, she knows and she's knowledgeable, and it's like to, to refute any sort of argument that people might want to make about how kids shouldn't have to think about this; they're too young or Ugh. whatnot. No, they, kids kids are, know more sometimes than their parents do, and they yeah. they learn things and they can. Uh, they can accept things, I think, way easier than adults can oftentimes. So to have a a, a kid, you know, uh, talking about this and to be so open and mm-hmm. accepting and just, you know, a decent person, I think, is a great message as Absolutely. just in and of itself. Yeah, I think so. Like, I can say confidently that I wish I'd known about being you can be in same-sex or gay or queer relationships because like the only time like the first time i realized that like, i ever realized about this kind of thing was like when i was 10 or 11 and the first time you hear the word gay it's normally as a insult mm-hmm. or a slur oh, yeah. you know yeah. and it's like yeah. why is it used in a negative way and like growing <laughs> yeah. up in a conservative household it's like and now discovering it as i might you know when i turned 18 or 19 or whenever i started to become comfortable with the idea it's like why did it, why was this not allowed in? Like mm-hmm. my parents grew up in the seventies and eighties when things, you know, you get it all, you know, the summer of love and stuff like that. Yeah. Like it's all idealized. <laughs> it's like this all happened. Why are you hiding this from me? Why does the world not want me to know about stuff yeah. like this? Why do oh I my have God, to yeah. go out of my way to find it? And even when I do find it, like I still latch onto those bisexual characters that are not great you know like i love olivia and Mm -hmm. i love angelica but like i look at them flirt with other characters and i'm like that's not right that's not how you do it that's not how you should do it and that's not how i would do it either and it's like you know Mm -hmm. why am i still clinging on to why am i clutching on to grass we kind of just have to settle as queer people we just have to settle a lot of the time and it's really sad. <laughs> you know, I've seen straight people say, oh, that relationship, I have related with that so much. And I'm like, I've never had that in a, in a JRPG. Never. I, I can't look at any JRPG relationship and say, oh, I, I can, you know, I can, as uh, if I take their genders out of it, I can say, what a beautiful romance or whatever. But I can never be like, you know, I've never had that, the, the sort of identical relationship where I was like, oh, I'm that person in this game, you know, but other people have. And I'd love to experience that, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely wish that I had been exposed to uh, the idea of being Arrow Ace when I was younger mm-hmm. because it would have made the last, you know, 20-ish years of my life so much, uh, Yeah, I don't want to say easier, but it would have made those years make a lot more sense to me. Like, yeah. I, I went yeah. through almost all of my life thinking that I was... Well, that there was something wrong with me because I wasn't really interested in 
I wasn't interested in having relationships. I wasn't interested in sex. I wasn't interested mm-hmm. in any of that stuff. And I was just, I always told myself, you know, oh, well, you know, the, 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 the tried and true tired line of, well, I just haven't met the right person yet. Or, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll feel differently when I get a little bit older. And it just kept never happening. So I kept assuming that, you know, well, I'm just, I'm weird or, 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 or I'm, there's something wrong. And then I, you know, realized that, Nope, uh, there's nothing wrong with me. Nothing wrong with you. Yeah, like that would have been so... All of that angst over the course of like high school when I I was self-conscious about not wanting to date anybody and all of my friends were dating and I was like, is... Am I weird for like not being interested? And then college, where I was also super not interested, and in fact <laughs> turned down multiple people who would come to me and like surprise me out of nowhere by saying, "Hey, I'm into you. Can we date?" And I'm like, oh my "I don't really think of you that way. Sorry." Mm-hmm. It would have mm-hmm. made me feel a lot more comfortable and confident in my, you know, the way I the way I am as a person if I had been exposed to, you know. Uh, the fact that being an arrow ace is a thing when I was when I was younger, so I want yeah. that. Yeah, oh, definitely. And, and and having those that those diverse experiences pre- presented in media, like, just can really help us to navigate that because some of us don't really get that in yeah. in life. Depending on your environment, you may be in a space where you never, you know, where you never really learn about that, and. That definitely, that definitely, you know, went into my life where it's a lot of, um, where you kind of, you don't really, I, I really relate to your, to, you, um, to what you're saying, Caitlin, in just not really being comfortable and saying like, well, what's wrong with me? Why am I, like, why am I not interested in what other people are, um, you know, are doing in terms of wanting to date and being in. Um, relationships and stuff and sex and all that and I was and it makes you feel um, I mean it can be a depressing thought and it can make you feel like an outsider and it's like well there's nothing wrong with there's nothing wrong with how I'm feeling it's just me it's just a personal thing for me but when we don't see those experiences represented um, we're kind of made to feel weird yeah we're other yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, we're othered. Yeah, and you know, not telling kids about queer people existing doesn't stop kids being queer. You know, people <laughs> think you know we all we all figure you know, or we only start thinking about our queerness when we all hit sixteen. But it, in the back of our minds, it's always there. We always yeah. felt a little bit different somewhere or the other, and we just didn't have the way to express it. But if we were told this is valid, this is this can be this you know this is perfectly fine. We could have spent saved ourselves a whole lot of years of heartache and confusion over it if we just knew. So there's really no excuse not to like educate kids on this stuff as well. Yeah. So Caitlin, is there um, a specific experience um, with another game that uh, you've been thinking about? Uh, yeah, I actually wanted to talk about Aloy in Horizon because oh, okay. um, yeah. it's it's one of those. Uh, instances where there's nothing explicit so it's all based on inferences and you could you could obviously infer it the opposite way and uh, I guess you know with a sequel on the horizon that was intentional pun there um, <laughs> we'll see what they do 
in the in, in the next game. But I think that you can if you really want to, and I I kind of want to infer Aloy as being either both arrow ace or at least being uh, ace because this is she's a you know she's the main character. She is a strong, capable woman who really kind of runs circles around uh, pretty much uh, everyone that she comes into contact with, and there are several male identifying characters who are all varying different levels of interest in her and some of one of whom at least is pretty uh, at one point direct and kind of propositioning her that they become you know at least uh you know a, a mistress you know kind of thing going on and she she just never reacts she most most of the time any sort of like you know admiration or flirting you know even though it's a, a game where you have dialogue options you don't really have the option to flirt back or to make a pass at people and the one guy that does kind of directly you know come at her uh, you can you can deflect him in various different ways but you can be very direct and say dude i'm not your rebound don't even go there um so i just i feel like you know especially considering that she's the hero character and it's a it's a, a an RPG where you have dialogue options where you have choices for how you want to do things to a certain extent and we're kind of conditioned to sort of expect in games like that that if if interest is had that you can express it and we're usually expecting that you know if anything it's going to be the player character kind of making a pass at other characters if they're interested and she doesn't she's just she's very focused on her personal goals and you know saving the world and all of that and she appreciates these people as friends but she just never sort of you know seems to have an interest in like that um and i think that you know if again it's interpretation because it's not explicit but i think there's a value in seeing aloy as potentially being uh, an arrow ace character um i think you could also maybe read her as being a lesbian character because she she has a couple of uh, uh um female identifying friends um who she can partner up with and she definitely seems to react more to them at least uh, uh being you know more palsy with them but uh again nothing's explicit but i think mm-hmm. you know horizon um well, maybe it was a gamble when it was being developed, but clearly now it's you know it's one of Sony's biggest first party uh, or or whatnot IPs, and um, you know it's one of the you know kind of uh, bigger games out there in, in the in, in the AAA space, and to have you know a uh, not just a strong female protagonist, but a strong female protagonist that I think you could very reasonably interpret as being queer is really cool and i didn't yeah it's one of those things where again i didn't i think realize it when i was playing the game because i hadn't quite gotten to that that space in my head yet um but on you know reflection yeah i think she's queer so i hope so and i hope they keep going with it you know on a sequel i thought i hope like they stuck with that yeah, yeah I, I do, do. too it's really interesting that you even bring it up with like dialogue choices because how many games can you think of that make you have dialogue options and like how many characters in those games are often have flirtatious options like mm-hmm. I don't want to flirt with everybody like why 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 are games so interested in like <laughs> making you as a character flirt with a at least one other character in that universe like why can't you just have dialogue options that like 
Aloy, you know, she doesn't react to anybody. Like, characters can flirt with you, but you don't have to flirt back kind yeah. of thing. Or, like, there's no way of doing it. Like, And, like, I always... I don't ever gel with games where you do have dialogue options and stuff like that. Like, I, I don't love romance, like paths or things in like trails or persona or things like mm-hmm. that i don't like them because i think they're poorly done and like yeah yeah it's yeah it's it's funny that you mentioned it because the the game that i was thinking about and specifically the character i was um thinking about discussing was kiryu in yakuza mm-hmm. um because mm-hmm. one of the writers one of the main writers for yakuza had said that kiryu um is canonically um is canonically a virgin is also not interested in sex um and and that's how i played the game um and i really appreciated that you know with some rpgs and rpg like systems um you can um you can play your characters as um as asexual or you know or queer something um, but it, it kind of feels slotted in and it's like, well, you could do this, but you know, mm-hmm. in the Witcher, you're supposed to end up with one of these women and things like that. And, um, and I just didn't find that with Yakuza in a great way where it was like, yeah, I am making it so that Kiryu and Majima, um, in Yakuza Zero, both just are not interested in sex and like that this is all just kind of that they're just kind of good people who who are not doing (laughs) these things for who aren't doing these things for ulterior sexual motives they're just like well i want to help this person out in a difficult situation um and i really appreciated that that um it just seemed to fit with their characters and that it was pretty smooth, um, generally, to play them as such. I, I finished Judgment very recently, and uh, oh. later this year I'm going to start, uh, or restart Yakuza 0, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, there's, it's, I, I liked Yakuza 0 quite a bit. It does have, like, some weird gender politics, but I didn't feel it was ever, like, cynical or necessarily offensive. Um at least to there i mean there's probably stuff in some side quests because that is a massive game and i think i only had like 48 percent completion um but generally i felt it has a um its view of masculinity isn't the greatest and it is kind of hinged on um interpersonal violence with other men um but I felt that masculinity and that kind of reliance on a violent masculinity didn't um, also translate sexually, which was which was at least refreshing to see. So as we've kind of gone through this, we've talked a lot about what has been done well, what hasn't been done well in games. Um, but I kind of want to open this up and talk about maybe one thing for each of us that we would really like to see in games. And this could be related to our identities. This could be related to just the presentation of um, queerness in games. Um, So I can go first to to give you all some time to think, because I think I just kind of sprung this on you all. Um, (laughs) 
you know, as we're recording this uh, to date ourselves a little bit, The Last of Us 2 came out um, the previous week. And um, it may be the first time that there's been a main protagonist that you have to experience their story and you have to experience their story as a queer character. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, There have been others that have been that fits some of those descriptors, but not necessarily all of them. And it's kind of shocking. Um, and this, you know, and this is specifically for the big budget AAA space. Mm-hmm. And yet with that game, I haven't played it yet, but it seems like another misery generator, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> and what yeah. I would like to see as open as the the indie space has become for queer characters, queer main characters and such, we're still not seeing that in the big budget AAA millions upon millions of dollars being thrown at this property um, where there are more authentic queer characters that are given spaces of joy. Um, And so I'd like to see (laughs) kind of less cisgender nihilist men making games like gta 5 red dead redemption 2 um to to have more voices and more joy from our community in these games yeah definitely i'd love to see that especially um uh in games where i feel like we're they're they're writing about us and they don't even understand us you know i'd love to be, get these you know these lgbt people in the writing room and given a chance to actually hear our voices for a change that would be lovely <laughs> exactly so does anyone else have um some um like one thing that you think would that you'd want to see in games generally I think my one thing is actually sort of like on the same level as as yours uh, with uh, uh, relating specifically actually kind of to The Last of Us because, yeah, yeah, um, I'm playing Last of Us Part 2 right now and I haven't gotten super far in it, but the context of the relationship in that game is, I mean, like, it's great that it's there, but the the journey that they're taking is, like, I, I agree, I think more... More positive spaces for for queer characters where um, you don't have a choice of them being queer. Mm-hmm. Um, the one the one thing and that doesn't really doesn't happen as much anymore. It's this is more like old school. Um, but I I keep thinking of um, Dragon Age Two and how the four main romance options. There's the Sebastian's also romance semi romance, but he's uh, straight only. Um, the four main romance options are technically bisexual in that you can romance them as either uh, as either a male identifying or a female identifying hawk, but it never mm-hmm. felt. Uh, you can make the I guess the argument um, for for one of them that she's she's bi, but like mm-hmm. well, most of them, it feels like it's not so much that they're bi as that they're hawk sexual. Like they just their their identity and their their orientation <laughs> just kind of will match your hawk yeah. depending on what you're doing. 
very and I fire want, emblem as well. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I want I want us to and Bioware's gotten better at that with, you know, providing characters that are explicitly bi and then also providing characters that are absolutely gay and lesbian and that's it. And I like that. And so it's not so much that I want them to stop, I just want mm. them and other companies to keep sort of moving away from having characters whose identity is uh is dependent on the player character i want i want more characters where they just are queer you you mm-hmm. don't have a say depending on what you know you identify your character as they are queer and you have to you know live with that for better or worse you know for mm-hmm. better for us obviously queer people love that <laughs> and you know for the bigots out there you know tough get used to queer people we're here we're here yeah we have mm-hmm. to do this every day <laughs> yeah yeah this is our daily life come on be good to just like be to the point where they don't have an like gamers don't have an aneurysm every time there's a gay, a gay character you know like, yeah they don't mentally break down in tears uh, that would be a great place for us to be yeah <laughs> i think the only thing that I, I i would like to say not the only thing i mean i'm sure i'll, I'll think of stuff later and i'm like oh why didn't i say that that's so much smarter you only get <laughs> you only get one so if you miss this opportunity there's going to be no more queer representation than what you dictated. Uh, oh no! <laughs> it's just I was thinking. I, I I mentioned Fire Emblem, and I just like my brain mm-hmm. flashed back to the Fire Emblem Three Houses controversy just before it came out, and it was to do with um, the same sex relationships that were in the game, and we were all like, "Hell yeah, same sex relationships!" And listen to us. So we got five lesbian options, and we got three gay options and then it turned out no two of those gay options are in fact not romantic at all they're like um sort of father figures or whatever and then you were just left with the one gay option who is very stereotypically feminine weak you know so that sort of very that very thing Mm. and i just thought back to like how we got there was five lesbian relationships, but only one true gay relationship, and it's I'd like to see this balanced out where gay men aren't seen so much more sexualized and like dirtier than like a lesbian relationship. Now, there's a whole thing to do with lesbian relationships, and it's not really like true lesbian relationships. They're very male gazy. They're very much for the male yeah. gamer, um, but. Um, that's all that you know but i'd love to get to the point where we can have like five gay options five lesbian options and stuff like that where gay men aren't quite so you know seen as like stigmatized as much you see it like we're getting more children's cartoons i've noticed in later days where like lesbian relationships are sort of like the the feeler (laughs) like let's throw a lesbian relationship in there and see how it See how it pans out, <laughs> and then we'll throw a gay man in there and really blow their mind. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that as we were talking earlier. That it seems a lot that even when developers are willing to introduce uh, queer char- characters or or you know romance options, they they mm. they tend to favor lesbian uh, mm-hmm. options before they they favor gay options. And I'm just kind of like. That's partly it's I think it's partly a sexism thing kind of mm. oh, yeah. intersecting here yeah. like it oh it's more acceptable for mm-hmm. straight people to you know oogle girls going at it than it is for them to oogle boys going at it and I'm just like very much always 
Yeah. It's, it's very very much in the crossroads between like homophobia and sexism. It's very there, <laughs> right bang in the middle. Yeah. We can fetishize lesbians, <laughs> but we can't fetishize gay men. No. Exactly. Well, I think that I think that kind of stems from, you know, 30, 30 plus years ago, the conscious effort by the video games industry to say, okay, we have a particular demographic that we're going to go after. It's going mm-hmm. to be men from about 20 to 40. They're going to be, you know, they weren't even thinking about gender, but they're like, they're going to be heterosexual men. Um, they're likely going to be single. They're likely going to, um, you know, they're likely going to be wanting to, um, you know, date and such. And they're going to want to focus on violence and getting the girl and such. And mm-hmm. and I think that still reverberates now where um, if there is a female protagonist in a game, it's very rare that that protagonist kisses a man and it's shown on screen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, heaven help us if there's if your protagonist is a gay man. And you know, in in a game, and you right. have to play as a gay man who kisses another man. It's like, yeah, it, it's it's like they're still stuck in this idea that um, that their conscious effort to uh, appeal to a certain demographic has been one hundred percent fruitful. Because like, you know, <laughs> there are four of us on this on this podcast right now, and none of us fit that. Uh, demographic like, nope. <laughs> and we and we play a lot of games <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. it's absolutely ridiculous that you know we're sort of excluded in this sort of opinion and especially women in games and you know any sort of nerdy activities especially you know they, they may as well not exist I mean, even marketing still today treats it as if it's only boys playing these games and it's just not true mm-hmm mm-hmm so Alana, are there any uh, are there any other things that you'd like to see in games going forward uh, for representation? Um, I think the main ones I think most of you have all touched on, like queer stories written by queer people, and you know, just generally better representation. Like, you know, I'd like to see more non-binary characters, and most of the time we've brought Pavati up, but like a lot of the times mm-hmm. when you get gender options or pronoun choices in video games it's because you are creating a blank canvas again inserting yourself into the game but like caitlin said why can't this character just be non-binary or gender queer or gender fluid or you know i just i don't see it ever in video games where you know it's either you have to make the option yourself you know oh if you want representation then do it yourself no because there are other people out there who want to share those stories and know that people would benefit from them like you know i don't want to be the only queer character in the game just because i'm an avatar i would like Mm. to have other people around me we are getting better at it but say it's indie titles i have to go and look on the lgbtq plus tab on steam or something which is a great thing to have but like why are these games not front and center and celebrated just because they were made for i don't know three or four million dollars less or whatever and oh they're not as marketable because of this character no they are they definitely are and also like builds like how they look so like in people's minds a lesbian woman is 
a girl who wears trousers and is well built and things, or they have short hair. Pexy hairstyle. And like men, <laughs> queer men in video games are, you know, more feminine and they always have long hair and they always wear a particular type of shirt or something. Pro- probably, like, a vampire, <laughs> probably a vampire. Probably a vampire. Oh my gosh. Do you know, I totally, f- I totally <laughs> forgotten about Vamp in Metal Gear Solid 2 and then I rolled oh, yeah. my eyes when I remembered. I was like, okay. I try not yeah. to remember Vamp. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I remembered that earlier. I was like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, we just like we just like more queer characters. And as kind of a as kind of a closing of this, um, how have you felt about your experiences in kind of the RPG and video game community as a queer person? Do you feel it's gotten better over the years? Do you feel things are kind of similar to how they were? What's it been like? Mm. I can talk about this. Um, I've kind of got go to like. Uh, I felt very accepted, to be honest. Um, I feel like the RPG community that I know um, has been very kind and respectful to me as a trans woman. Um, and I and you know when I came out to my the staff at RPG fan, it was like a it was a beautiful moment for me. So I got so much support, mm-hmm. and then I came you know to the the other communities I have, I have a Twitch community, and uh, you know, I don't, I don't sound the most feminine, but no one ever disrespects me. You know, I get random people on Twitch to come in, and they they'll call me she and her, and it'll be no problem. And it's, it's really, I feel like such a, a small but very loud minority, who actually make us feel so so attacked in in the community but you know they do exist but like genuinely my overall experience as a queer person in our community has been positive that's good i think i generally agree and i think i Mm. it's because i probably surround myself with the right people and like also about that yeah. yeah i'm quite lucky in that even my two best friends who live together in a relationship together um we're, we all identify as queer so mm-hmm. like even in the immediacy if there's something bad that's going on like the first thing we'll do is get together and like talk to each other and boost ourselves kind of thing mm-hmm. and it very rarely happens like I again like I've got quite a nice bubble of people that I interact with and sometimes like I talk about my bisexuality and they're just like hey we love you for who you are kind of thing and I love that but sometimes I kind of wish that mm-hmm. Yeah, I wish there was like a little bit more kind of thing. Like you don't want to engage with it necessarily, and like I don't mind. Like I'm kind of happy for you to just accept me as Alana, but at the same time, like sometimes I wish people would get more behind that. (laughs) Exactly, I get that. I I really do. Like sometimes I bring up the trans thing, and it's like you're either met with like a weird, awkward silence, or they're like, "Oh, whatever floats your boat." And I'm like, "Well, I don't want you to say whatever floats your boat. I want you to be like, (laughs) (laughs) like cool, awesome, love it. (laughs) You know, like it's it's not weird to me. That's what I prefer rather than oh, whatever floats your boat. I hate that phrase. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. me Yeah, and like. (laughs) You actually something you said is really interesting. Is like it is a loud, a small, loud minority of people yeah. who do push against it. But like, not only that, I know a lot of people who identify as queer and definitely in these spaces will mm-hmm. like not amplify the voices, but they'll definitely bite back. Like we will, as queer oh, yeah. people, will see that, and it will, you know, it's boosted because they have to bite back and. 
you have to mm-hmm. see that every day and like i'm on twitter quite a lot probably way more than i should be and like a lot of the time <laughs> like you just see all this negativity and it's always people putting people down and uh-uh. there's you know i don't want transphobic homophobic misogynistic people mm-hmm. in my community in my land like my mm-hmm. land in my like space in <laughs> my land in my country um, but like <laughs> the empire of alanadum <laughs> oh, i need caffeine definitely um but yeah like i just sometimes and it's similar with games like these mis like you know last of us 2 there's a queer relationship at the front great but it's a difficult game to play because of what happens mm. and we don't always boost the positive voices in our community sometimes we, it's because we have to fight back we have to fight back yeah. to yeah. prove that we exist and i wish we didn't have to do that we should try and it's so difficult for us like we want to boost the positivity but when you've got so many people pushing against you it's like oh mm-hmm. god you know you have to you have to deal with it however you want to deal with it yeah i pretty much kind of had the same experience as alana uh with mm-hmm. like the people that i the people that i follow on social media the people that i am friends with uh largely because of rpg fan have all been very accepting and welcoming people um and that was you know for me especially i was really nervous when i came out two years ago because i was not only like personally internally shaking off like all all my life of of thinking i was straight but i was also really super scared about like what other people would perceive of me like you know would they would they like point at me and say no you're you're posing or i don't Mm. i don't believe you that was uh, i was really scared about that but every you know it it, both within my family and and uh and my friends you know and then also when i came out you know sort of on social media and to uh people here at rpg fan like it was it was just a natural thing no one it was always everyone was like you know that makes sense. I mean, it was such a relief to have so many people say like, that makes actually a lot of sense. And I get that. Like Hmm. I was, I was super afraid. Like, do I come off as straight because I've lived most of my life thinking I was. And, and uh, Mm -hmm. it was a relief to have so many people just be like, I love that. That's cool. That, that, that (laughs) is you, you, you are, you are, you are airways. Cause I, I mean, like it makes so much sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I I mean, and I, I I see stuff on Twitter and stuff like I see the people being bigots, uh, but I also yeah. see the people you know fighting back against bigotry, and it gives me hope that like mm. you know even if things seem like they're awful right now, like these are like what's going on in with U.S. politics and whatnot, mm. um, that. <laughs> At the very least, I know there are people out there who accept me for who I am as part yeah. of the community and that will fight for me and for the community as as much as we have to, as long as we have to, and we will keep making our voices heard until we, you know, down the line, until we get what we deserve, which is simply to be treated as equals. Yeah, to not be harassed. Yeah, <laughs> wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, and 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 just and just to echo um, like that sort of feeling of like, oh well, I'm am I like queer enough, or am I like co-opting this or something like that? It's like every I feel like every queer person feels that. Like I feel that mm. like 
there there just certain there are certain times where I feel that and like every every queer person who identifies as such is valid in that and and then I'll feel like oh I don't know I feel like I'm like co-opting queerness or something like that and I take a step back and it's like you are literally taking estrogen like <laughs> like are you serious are you serious right now um but it's just kind of the internalized uh queer phobias that we've yeah that we've lived with mm-hmm. and and um and it's good that we have kind of more positive experiences in the community that's generally how mine's been as well especially you know mm-hmm. this is a kind of a different community of video games when i was in when i was first understanding um you know my queerness and maybe it's just the timing maybe it's the people but where where i was at with the video game community and queerness in 2014 2015 uh, is a lot different than it is now so yeah um we definitely have a very special sort of group here and i think queer people seem to find their way here it definitely seems that way <laughs> rpg fan and so this way that we've got a lot of a lot of different people here and it's it's awesome i i really feel that as well like with mm. with like final fantasy 14 when i'm playing that and mm-hmm. i've you know used discord a little bit with that um but i only jump on voice chat with people other people i know from rpg fan i don't jump on it with other players and stuff because i have no idea you know if these are people who i'm just working on a some sort of um quest or raid or whatever with Mm -hmm. i just have no idea you know what they're going to say and that's just too too many unknowable factors for me to be comfortable with exactly Um, so i wish it weren't the case and it means that we that there's still work that needs to be done to make Absolutely. this a better community. And so, you know, things have gotten better, which generally they have, but not for everyone. But there are also deep things that we, uh, that this community can work on. So. I think that's a really good, um, a really good message. <laughs> This has been a very cathartic podcast, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love this podcast. This has been such a I good do. podcast. And now we never give it back to Greg and John. <laughs> yes! yes, the queers are taking over. This, this, this is the land of Alana now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the president, yes. pre- president of Random Encounter. Anthem. Oh, captain, my captain. <laughs> <laughs> We are just kidding. We love Jono and Greg so much. And all the and work they do. We yes. Do. And, um, and as we end this, I want to say that it was Greg who had originally reached out to me and was like, I would really want to do a Pride episode. Um, oh, yeah. And, and I'm not entirely sure how to, how to go about it. And um, I would really like your help and... Mm-hmm he probably reached out to others as well to say, you know, like, what yeah, can I do to make to this? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what can, what can I do to uh, make this a space for queer gamers to talk about their experiences? Um, so yep. I'm, he did it all right. He did all the good yes. things. Mm-hmm. 
So And he's all he's so excited about it and that's so sweet to see as well. <laughs> yes. So the regular random encounter hosts really supported this. So um so toss them some likes on your on your uh, <laughs> podcast catcher of choice. Toss a coin to your witcher. Toss yeah, toss, <laughs> toss a coin to your to your witcher. Um <laughs> so with that, um this has been the the Random Encounter Pride episode. Um, we Yay. thank you all for tuning in and uh, sticking with us through this wonderful ride. Um, if you like the podcast, you can like and subscribe on uh, your given podcast catcher of choice. As we said, toss a coin to your witcher, la la la. Um, <laughs> and uh, we are also uh, available on... Um, facebook and instagram and twitter and discord you can find us at rpgfancom and you can find any of our news reviews views over at rpgfan.com um we can go through some um some personal social media if that gels with everyone uh, mm-hmm. as i said my name is joe uh i go by Eva least on discord and instagram and i'm one of our social media people so you'll probably catch me on RPG fans Facebook or Twitter. Uh Leona. I'm Star Mongoose on Twitter and Star Mongoose on our Discord and my Twitch stream is Star Mongoose RPG fan. Um right now I'm playing Kingdom Hearts for the first time, which is a very interesting game. Oh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for saying it, because that's what I was thinking. I, okay, and I've played, like, almost every game in that series, so just, so it it comes from a place of experience. <laughs> um, Alana. Um, so you can find me on Twitter. I am at Alana Hagues, uh, or you can find me on RPG Fans Discord. I am Alana on there. So come and just shoot me a message. Right on. And Caitlin. Uh, you can find me at Leanne Cazerol on Twitter and the same on our Discord. Awesome. Well, thanks for everyone for tuning in. Uh, this, is, this has been Random Encounter episode 192. And have a gay day. <laughs> <laughs>